Welcome back. Or if you're new here, welcome to the show. Check us out on all social media for more content off the mic. And if you like this episode, be sure to follow along. From the USL to the Premier League and everything in between. Live from Boston, I'm Andrew. I'm Tristan. I'm Jalen. I'm Connor. And we're the Howlers Podcast. And we're back. Episode 174. Hours podcast 174. Tristan is in Rochester, but the boys are holding down the home base in Arlington. How are we doing, guys? How was your 4th of July? It was good. Low key. Weird weather. Oh, yeah. The weather was whack, but that's what I heard. I I heard in the news that it was so foggy you couldn't even see the fireworks in Boston. Is that correct? I was in, I was up in Salem and there was the Boston ones. I didn't either. I was up in Salem and there was fireworks. Couldn't see anything. You could, you could see them, but it was. I mean, like it, was, it was like raining all day, kind of. Yeah. So. It was like flash yeah. flood warnings everywhere. <laughs> the weather was, was largely not cooperative, I think, for people over the 4th. But happy 5th to you guys. Good to be back and podcasting. We have a ton of transfer stuff to talk about because the market's kind of been popping off. Fab has been a busy, busy boy as of late the last couple of days. This screen time um, must be quite crazy a few. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Quite a few topics to jump into, but. Maybe one of the marquee signings of the window so far, courtesy of the Reds. Uh, pronunciation correct here, Dominic Schobeschlei has uh, recently entered Anfield in the midfield. Uh, pretty exciting player, comes pretty highly rated. He's He's been so for a long time and a scouted football guy, I might add. So extra props oh. to him there. But Connor, very exciting. Got to take free kicks too. That's fun. Yeah, he's kind of... He's just a dynamic attacker on all fronts. He can win the ball high up the pitch. He's got a good frame to him. Uh, very energetic. Unreal foot skills. Like his uh, his little highlight mixtapes are pretty incredible when you watch him. He has an absolute belter. You can score from anywhere, and he does add the set piece dynamic. So it's gonna be it's gonna be a fucking tasty. Sign. He's one of like he's one of like six guys who can stand over the free kick now, and no one's gonna know what's gonna happen, especially if he's. Yeah, I, I was I was listening to um, the four four two channel on YouTube, and they're saying that part of the reason they think that Liverpool brought in another set piece taker was because currently, I mean Trent obviously a key set piece taker, even Rabo as far as whipping in services. But if we want to have a more defensive look, if we're sitting, if we're if we're winning a game, whatever, and we we don't need to send those outside backs forward and risk the opponents exposing us on some sort of counter. Cause right now, a lot of times when Trent goes to take a set piece really high up the pitch or Robbo, the other team intentionally puts an attacker in the gap that's left by that outside back. So say we're up two Oh, and we're trying to see out the match. Now, now big Dom can step over the set piece and we can just sit our defensive players back. I thought that was kind of interesting. Andrew, uh, also making an interesting signing. Your club has finally started to spend some money. Mason Mount coming in. Interesting signing. I know a lot of Chelsea fans were a little bit sore about this. He is a homegrown player, after all. Sent a heartfelt message that he made, I think, probably two months ago uh, in preparation for this moment. Yeah. You could tell from his blonde hair. Yeah. Um, what do you think about the signing? Is he somebody you could see jumping right into the team? I mean, obviously his work ethic is well documented, but in terms of where he fits into this United midfield, which by the way is starting to get a little bit crowded in a good way. Yeah, I think he's a good. I think he's a good signing. I'm not like I don't think he's great. I don't think he's bad. I think he's a system guy, Mason Mount. Um, you saw that with Tuchel when they won the Champions League that season. Um, 
and he's someone for me that Ten Hag being a very system oriented manager, he, I think he essentially will be a younger version of Erickson or fill that role. Um, and even going forward, can replace Bruno when Bruno is having slips in games where he's a bit quiet. So I think he'll initially start out coming off the bench, um, working him into the side like every United player is. But eventually, I think he'll become a consistent starter. You saw in the um, in the press conference today, or like when they were doing the pictures, you could you could you heard Ten Hag say, "I want you to be an important part of the squad." So I trust Ten Hag. I trust Mason Mount and his technical ability. He's also a free a set piece taker. So um, like Erickson, he can come in and, and kind of also fill that role. I think. Adding adding depth or midfield that is kind of weak out outside of Casemiro, outside of Erickson, outside of Bruno. It's it's a signing you want, and he's still super young. So, um, and he did have that season where his stat numbers were were higher than you know than his previous, and obviously this past one. But um, twenty twenty one, twenty twenty two, eleven goals, ten assists. That was in two shells, Champions League se- uh, winning season. So, um, exciting. Exciting things ahead, so I'm uh I'm looking forward to it. Well, Jalen, I'll start with you based on what you know about both sides, United and Liverpool. Who have made the better signing money wise? I think both players coming in about sixty mil, is that right? Give or take maybe ten or fifteen or so, but similar level signing, similar level player. Jay, who who do you think made made better business? Do you think the last couple of days of both? Um I don't I don't really know because like Andrew said, like, Mount fits them, their system, like, perfectly. But I do think that uh, Liverpool... And you can say Dominic, by the way, if you feel like that'll roll off the tongue easier. <laughs> we'll know who you mean. Yeah, Liverpool's not in big Dom. Uh, <laughs> I, I think it adds a little bit more dynamic centrally because I know they're a big whip-in-a-ball type of uh, like type of squads. I, in previous years, I'm not going to say last year because last year was very different. But... Yeah. Um, I think it adds a little bit more dynamic in their like midfield and the ability to take long shots is it's going to draw people forward, which will allow more people to have space to go in and score goals. I would probably lean a little bit more towards Liverpool, but I do think that Mount, I think Mount will be better than expected. I do think he will eventually replace, like replace Erickson just because Erickson's a little bit older and he did have some injury troubles last year. I mean, towards the end, yeah. Towards, towards the end, and it's hard to like replace that midfield. I don't know. Like, you're not gonna. No one wants to stick Fred and McTominay in there. I'm sorry. No, no. I. That's why I think it's an important signing because we're gonna weed out the players like McTominay and Fred. Well, I'll add this, Andrew, and this was just something that we talked about off mic in the group chat. Mount's a good signing, but doesn't feel like the signing. It, it kind of feels like right now with United, uh, with with the exception of uh, the goal goaltending position, anything but a striker seems like just sort of flirting with the actual issue. I think <laughs> that's kind of the thing that everybody knows. So while I agree with you, it does make you guys deeper. And, you know, come winter when you're in Champions League, hopefully still in the knockout stages, you're going to need depth. That's huge. But I mean, where's the striker, right? I mean, that's got to be something. Whereas the window nears, you start to. I, I think. I think I wanted another midfielder, so it fits that position. Um, it's just like you said, it, it's a lot of money. I think the biggest issue is it's a lot of money, and when that money could be going towards a striker, Oshiman, I think is he's committed to his future at Napoli, so that's not going to happen. So take what we can get. I also said that that I think Mount is a good signing. While Zalzbo, Dom, Big Dom, is the 
you know, the exciting signing because he's got a lot of potential. He comes from a different league. Mason Mount was quiet last season. I think when you bring players from a different league, it's a bit more sexy. That's just the nature of football and business. So, um, obviously, he comes with a record, a, a, a reputation from the Bundesliga. So, that that's kind of why. But I think both players are up to par to uh, show why they're both good signings. It's just a matter of who's who will come out at the end of the season with more trophies and more, you know, stats on the on the paper to to back it up. Who's going to sell more kits? That's who I'm wondering. Mount. I'm thinking Mount, maybe Mount because he's number seven, and it's Manchester United's a bigger club. We sell more. We're more commercialized. Yeah, but there might. But be I think I think from sticklers. it. What's what's his number? What's Big Dom's number? Eight. Yeah, Gerard's number. Ooh. <laughs> but who wore that last? Kata. Kata. Oh, that means they're that, that much that, hungrier to get. That, so that, that number sale is going to go up. The kid that got the, the the group that got the eight are going to be like, oh, I'm not getting another number eight kit. You kidding yeah. me? <laughs> I don't know. Mal might be causing a stir taking the seven. Garnacho. Why? Why ever? Why ever seven. get it? Why? Why ever get? Actually, I'm not going to say that. This, this argument is defeated in two seconds. I just Whoa. who had the seven before? Am I, am I, um, Ronaldo. Yeah. Oh. Apparently Garnacho was supposed to get the seven. That's what I said. And not nah, it's not gonna I think also Mount's a really good signing for chemistry. He already come, he's coming into his side with a lot of English uh national team players. Um him and Luke Shaw. And he's a bro. But yeah, he's a I bro. Think what, yeah. what we haven't addressed here, and this is one of the most important things about this move, is that Mason Mount is in fact a bro. He is in fact someone who you would go on a yacht with in Mykonos or go get a beer with. He's not going to cause any problems in the locker room, <laughs> as far as we know. I mean, yeah. his exit out of Chelsea was maybe a bit noisy, maybe a bit disloyal in the eyes of some, but I think we Americans happen to have an understanding that sometimes guys got to make a move. But again, the thing with Mount for me is that he, you're right, he is going to mesh so well with this team, and I think he's he made he had a statement the other day. He's like, "Oh, I've always like admired Erickson. I'm kind of like you're kind of making yourself the new Erickson. I see what's going on here. I'm not hating, but." It seems like it would work out exceptionally well that way. I don't think it'll work out quite that well, but um, yeah, I don't know. I would, I would potentially say Sobo would be the better, the better midfield signing for me. But I guess you never know. I, I've always said the guy who comes in with Premier League experience always kind of has that edge, and that's why I would maybe think Mount could have a quicker transition. Who knows? You know, like you said, a system guy, someone they can use. Right away. We are like, well, what are we, two or three weeks away from opening day? It's kind of insane. Yeah, yeah. it's coming quick. I think they're, they're calling players back. It's got to be three weeks, right? Uh, yeah, probably like a month. Of the prem? A month. month a month out. Month. Yeah, August like month. 12th and the weekend of the 12th and 13th, I know, is the And you probably have Community weekend. Shield prior to that. So yeah. That'll be interesting. And who's, and who's the Community Shield now? It's going to be Arsenal and City? Yeah. Oh, God. That's 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 Arsenal <laughs> are probably going to win, and then it's going to be super annoying. They're going to celebrate um, like they won the league last year again. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we'll get to Arsenal in a minute. They're, they're oh, doing some yeah, serious Arsenal. business as well. Um, but their noisy neighbors, those pesky Tottenham boys, are also breaking out the checkbooks. we got three players. Technically, well, actually more than that if you count Kulisevsky because we've made, we've made things permanent there. But uh, bringing in Ryan Madison, which I think was another guy who went super under the radar, Manor Solomon was someone who, yeah, there was no. Well, I mean, there's no rumblings. There was James no, Madison. Uh, James, James Madison. Madison. You said James Ryan Madison. <laughs> oh, I thought, I thought this was a youngster that you were talking about. I was like, oh yeah, Ryan Madison. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> there's a I was like, yeah, youngster. 
a TV character named Ryan Madison in the show I'm currently Steve watching. Steve Reese. Probably like why I did that. Um, yeah, but either way, Menor like Solomon, that one I got Mason. right. That one was that was sort of like a completely out of nowhere all of a sudden i just opened up twitter and saw fab tweeting about it i don't know a whole lot about this guy seems like kind of a demon in a one-on-one scenario but he played at full on last know. season what did you say he played at full on last season and he's with uh shakhtar donetsk and it's a free apparently it's a free Ange wanted him it was that was an Ange uh, hand-picked favorite which <laughs> i love to see what he's cooking i mean we got Where a couple other uh celtic Oh, I don't know. Because there has to be some sort of connection between the two now. You probably just watched him from a distance. That's, no, that's, that's yeah. not creepy. I yeah, figures he's got nothing to coaches, lose. Coaches got that. Like, yeah. I was watching Ukrainian football one day, and uh, I spotted him. Yeah, <laughs> I still liked him. Well, so <laughs> here's, here's like my, my latest gripe with Spurs. Amidst all these signings, uh, Madison especially, of which I think it will make us a much, much better side. There's a center back situation we have right now, which is we're linked to two guys. One of them names Mickey Vandeven, who is also linked to Liverpool, I think, uh, relatively. And then another guy named Edmund Tapsoba. And I think Tapsoba is uh, much the better center back. Uh, similar age, just had a crazy season at Leverkusen. And right now we're likely going to sign Vandeven. And the fear is that we won't also sign Tapsoba. What's going to happen then is he's going to spend another season or so at Leverkusen and then go for crazy money and probably win mega trophies at a huge club when he makes an inevitable move a year from now. So the thing is that a lot of Tottenham fans, myself included, are sort of frustrated with is like, yeah, we're making signings, but not the signings and not to be picky, but that's kind of what it takes. You have to spend the extra penny to get a slightly better center back and maybe, you know, or get both. You could get both for 90 mil, maybe go and get that business done. So it's kind of like the whole Liverpool situation, Connor. I make this comparison all the time when I talk about team building, but it's like when Liverpool just went in and they got a keeper in Allison, they got a defender in Van Dyke, and they built a spine that they won Champions League and Premier League with. So mm-hmm. I don't know. It's frustrating. I don't know what it's like as a, as a supporters of rival fans. It's like, yeah, we're making some noise in the market, but not the right noise. It, do, it doesn't. It, se- it seems like a uh, – what's his name? Um, new, new, new Espirito season ahead. Wow. A little bit, dude. Oh my god! No, 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 no. Like, like not. I hope not. Not. But that's relax. Uh, the the build of the month. <laughs> the the build up to the season kind of feels like it's very underwhelming. It's a bit like what is going to happen. You made one good signing in Madison. You have obviously Solomon coming in for, for a free. That's my point. Like it's a very like you don't know what's going to happen. And Nuno, you you eventually saw what happened. I was, I, although I looked saying it like that, I, I looked at Nuno's entry as a positive appointment. And who knows? Maybe that will happen I don't, with this season. But did did Nuno come happen. in later though? No, he came in pretty early. I'm pretty did sure. He? Yeah, uh, he had a whole summer in over. Yeah, like he came in. Yeah, pretty early. Then he had a window. We didn't really give him that much in the oh, window. Yeah, you didn't do much like, business. I remember our opening day squad was. Wasn't it Not just the wasn't it just the loan of Kulu? Didn't, isn't that the only thing he had? And you no, know who, Kulu wasn't you know until who the arrived? Wasn't Emerson until... Royal um, arrived at Spurs <laughs> at that time. He <laughs> was the starting right back with Nuno, which I kind of think it started to all go downhill at, at that point. But um, yeah, I mean, get, bringing in two more defenders would would be really helpful. It, like even if we bring in a lot of the right players, Postacoglu said several times he's like, "We're going to be a brand new Tottenham. We're going to possess the ball. We're going to 
do this, that, the other. So one, I hope he's conditioning them because that will kill all of them immediately. All they've done <laughs> is defend for four straight seasons. So they better come in shape and ready to go. But uh, I mean, that's a huge swing, right? Like that's a whole entire it club is. identity change, basically. When was the last time anyone's whole skeleton that was much weak? too for like Tottenham to go? To go from sitting in as as much as they did. Well, they, they're the a counter. team built on that. The, oh, they're not anymore. Well, they, they but they, their foundation was flair, they exciting football. They what, came up seasons? on the attack for sure. But, Since but to your guys' point, it's not. You know, we've been we've been packing it in for quite some time, and now it's time to pack it on. <laughs> and that's it's nice to get as many additions as we can. But uh. And then finally, too, like the whole goalkeeping situation, I've not seen Loris get shopped at all. And he was supposed to be like a quick exit. We brought in Vicario, who's like a young sort of up and coming keeper. Fabrizio has tweeted about him several times, rates him highly. But Fabrizio is also like a closeted Spurs fan. We all know this. So, <laughs> uh, I mean, that but that's a situation I could see maybe causing some competitiveness. But we'll see. I mean, if, yeah. if the window were to close right now, I think I'd put them maybe like six. Maybe know. six Tana's that fast, getting, but Tana's getting really front heavy. Have You're you looking got, at a have top you guys heavy sold, Have you guys sold anyone? Like other than Winks, have you guys like let we anyone need, go? We need we need to do some business, yeah. But nobody nobody later than not making a joke. Nobody's like wants any of our play. Like <laughs> like yeah. Dyer doesn't want to leave, and he's just going to be permanently a, a member of the team until the day he retires. Sanchez, <laughs> like we're taking offers. Tanganga, we the only offers we've gotten are for Harry Kane, money. yeah, and and it's for it's for like a hundred mil, and that's just we've immediately turned everything down because it would have to be like one fifty minimum for him at this point. But yeah, I don't know. It's like making it really hard to predict where they're going to fall this season. But as long as I keep the bar low, like dangerously low, I yeah, think you need, you need center backs. I mean, as an opponent, as a rival fan, um, you need to sign those defenders because even if Postacoglu or however you say his name, wants to play a possession style. You can't do that without good center backs. And currently, Tottenham has nothing close to a ball play center back. Like, yeah. you're not going to be able to possess out of the back. And as, as good as your attack might be, I, I just don't I don't see that happening without revamp back line. Even, like, even your outside backs, I think you need – I don't know if you need to go get, a, like, an outside back, but – they're so no, I mean, they're so attacking like, minded. Yeah, that it's like it, you it, might as well buy Poro, a winger. Poro's like basically a winger at this point, and then Udogi, who's the young Italian player who's been on loan last season, who might be starting. He's also mm-hmm. very forward thinking. So you're right about that. If we're rocking two center backs, it needs to, we need to we need to get both of these center backs. Honestly, that's yeah. really the only option here. And I like, you know, I, again, I am excited about the business that's gotten done, and it seems like we are letting him cook a little bit, which I'm happy to see. But at the same time, it's like it's obvious at this point what it takes in order to to put together a great team, and got to break out of the old checkbook. Um, speaking of breaking out the checkbook, though, Arsenal finally they finally did it. Fab has finally tweeted about it. There's finally photoshopped images <laughs> of him in an Arsenal kit circulating. It's real, and it happened, guys. Declan Rice. Is a gooner. Totally wild. That, guy, that was that kind of a long saga. It it, it was really long. Like it was not, so weird. City got in there. They jumped in there. But it is. I think it is. What, it wasn't rec- that long. Record as a United fan, it wasn't that long. We had Sancho on the like the fringes like three different times. Listen, yeah, but Arsenal were offering new bids every like Lu- two hours. We didn't even get Frankie De Jong. That was like the longest thing ever. What do you know about the Mbappe saga? The Mbappe. <laughs> 
That's uh, three years in the making. <laughs> but uh, dude, I think the De Jong one might actually for me take the cake in terms of longest dragged out thing that. But that wasn't even like saga. that was legit rumors. It was. It was. There was, was no deals going on. It was legit rumors. And even it still, regardless, this is this is like, for for Arsenal. I mean, this signing takes them over 200, 200 million pounds spent. There's still the likes of Timber. No, he's done. He's done. Well, Timber's yeah. done. Well, it's not official yet. It's None of them are official. Kai, they're, they're Kai, all just here we goes. Yeah, but with Kai and with with Declan, it's over two hundred million already. Yeah, Timber. Hey, you know, I don't Timber's think like Kai. Oh, sorry, 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 a- sorry. It's yeah, you're right. With Timber also included, it's over yeah. two hundred million. So those three, Kai, Timber, and Declan, makes it over two hundred mil. And Kai's not a bad signing, I don't think, by any means. But the, the idea that everyone's like, oh, he's going to slide right into this midfield. I, I'm just saying right now, and man, I feel like I haven't had, I haven't been right on one of these calls in a while. But a midfield of Declan Rice, Odegaard, and Kai Havertz gets overrun. Declan Rice is a great two-way player who can play on both sides of the ball well, but kind of feel like in that system you're missing a true you know, defensive midfielder. And while I, I think Timber's a better addition than Kai is by a million, I think United have kind of kind of messed up by not finalizing that. I got a good center back core there still at Old Trafford, but um that's that's one to me that I feel like is way more impressive, but not not cheap. I don't know. I I'm not one to say like this is more of Connor's line, like he's not proven in the Prem, but I'm a little bit more skeptical about Timber. Like how he meshes well, for one, Arsenal don't have a bad center back pairing at all right now. It's the only reason Timber was yeah. bought is because Saliba got injured at the end. Yeah. Pretty much the reason they lost the league. But like, I don't know. I think Kai's. A, I think Kai's a good a good signing. I just I'm just confused with Chelsea why they were so rigid with the Havertz price, but Mount they were just like, oh, let's meet in person and let's knock it, knock it down. Let's meet um, at the mall. They like, were. I don't know. I think. They were rigid. They were not letting Havertz go down at all. They wouldn't let that fee go down. Yeah, but I think Chelsea did want 60 for Mal. Mal was still a hard it. set price. I know, but they it was yeah, but before that it was 15 mil higher. Yeah, that is true. I I think Kai also is also a player that was bought with ex, exponential or exceeding potential. So I think that's also part of it. Like you have a you, you bought him for a lot, you want to sell him for a lot. He's still really young. And you can use a lot of things to your to your um to your advantage, like the Champions League goal. So I know, but Mount's your star boy. He's English. He grew up in the system. That's like if Rashford went for less than like I know. Anthony. I agree. I I don't know. I, I think we're just a question, but I, it's I a good. It's I don't understand why they were rigid with. I think it's uh, to me that's why. Why I think it's because of his his upside and and what they bought him for is probably why they were so rigid with his with his price tag. But I still think Kai is a good signing in terms of depth because Arsenal, City have depth. Arsenal want to add more depth. You saw it happen when players got injured. Jesus was out for like a chunk of the season last year too. Um, I think the question is how like are like does Arteta have to win a trophy this season? Oh yeah, he spent. It's got a yeah. He's he's gonna have to. It's it's a lot of pressure early because I think to, to remember there's a lot of other coaches that that are still looking for trophies uh, more commonly and at a higher level that are still p- pretty high level. Maybe, maybe with Arteta, we're rushing him into success a little bit, but it, it is a lot of money and it, 
it is a system that that the entire club is completely bought into that he's brought over and largely it seems like it's worked he was a few players short like you said Jalen again past the finish line last season I do think he was a center back and a midfielder short of being able to push it through but I don't know. It feels like even from even from a rival standpoint, it would be sort of rushing him into needing to win a trophy. But in the next next two or three seasons, yeah, absolutely. The rest of the league got a lot better too. But yeah, I, I definitely think you're right. Yeah, I think he should. But, <sighs> but like, it's yeah, hard because be like tough. that 200 mil is just to stay competitive. It's not even like. Uh, I think that 200 mil is saying we need to go get something next season. He does have that that's, FA Cup. I, I understand that, but that's also not true with the current state of the Premier League. You have to spend money. Yeah, uh, you don't spend that much. Arsenal has spent Look at a Nottingham. lot of money. Yeah, but Arsenal has spent a lot of money over the course of seasons now. Like It's not just like they're going out and having a huge window because they came close to winning the Prem. Like, they've spent a lot of money. They, sp- they spent money last year. They, they went and got Jesus. They went and got Ben White. Like, those were expensive players. And at this point, it's kind of, it's kind of, yes, Arteta's been fully entrusted as any manager should be with a project, but he's what, going into season five, four? I think it's four. Um, and he's been fully entrusted, and Arsenal have kind of waived the price tag on a lot of these players, even though they might not be necessarily at market value they're paying above what might be market value for some of these guys so he he needs to string them together i think he needs to go get silverware i'm not saying that that's going to get him sacked but just for the standard of managers and comparing them to the other business that top clubs has done i think arsenal is only on pace with like maybe i don't know united and chelsea spend over the last two or three seasons like city have even been better about they've been spending money but they've been also good at getting value for players that they let go of. So uh, it's- their, their trajectory is upward arsenals. I mean, Arteta started what seventh. I think they, then they finished sixth and then they finished fifth last season, then second or fifth mm-hmm. two seasons ago, then second last season. So they've been steadily climbing the, I mean, the cash injection as we've, as we've now stated has definitely been there, but you could also say if you're an Arsenal believer, they've only gone upward. And I mean, you could argue like Rice is a level signing that gets them to the finish line. Or at least in our case, we're not even saying wins Premier League. Yeah, that's probably the number one objective. But another FA Cup would be very impressive. Carabao Cup would be impressive. I cannot wait to see what they do in Champions League, to be honest with you. Like, like will they completely crumble or see how far they can make a run? They have tons of confidence, but... Man, do you? I mean, based on the current squad right now, do you guys think that they they could make a run into like maybe the final eight or like final four of Champions League? Is that at all possible? I don't know. It depends they, on their group. What if they they have a, they have a bad track record in Europe. Arsenal does. They would get absolutely thumped by Bayern every year. Like destroyed. they would. Yeah, they would. <laughs> like yeah. it happened like two years in a row. Yeah, did they? Yeah, I remember that. I think Rice is a is a is a trophy winning signing. They're about to break the record for like the transfer re- British transfer record, um, isn't that what it is for a British player? Yeah, yeah. Um, so, I, I yeah, I think they need something. Something needs like, to be brought in. He's also the signing that makes the most sense to me. Like if that was the only business Arsenal did this season, I it think they'd be, still be putting them in contention. But like paying sixty, like they paid sixty, City paid less than that for Holland. Like you're going to get a game changing attacker, and you don't even know where he fits in your lineup. 
and you might play him at a position he's never really played before. I don't I don't know if that's necessarily what makes championship winning sides. I don't really I don't I don't know. I don't really think Arsenal's going to win a trophy. Damn. It's tough cuz if it's it's dangerous too cuz if you go chase the FA Cup I mean, you could put yourself in a really bad position to drop like one. You drop have depth. Three, you, you have depth now. Points. You have depth now. There's tons of teams that had like like they do. I guess I don't know. I I just think that's why they signed. I think Timber. they're going to continue their what they're on. But like a few seasons ago, we were wondering if Arsenal was considered a top six team. They were doing so bad. Yeah, and the second, but the now they're a top six team because now they're actually competitive and bidding on players like United would do what Chelsea would do what Liverpool did at some points like they also had an exceptional season last year that no one predicted I think yeah. they're finally now that they're doing good are finally just like oh we can do this now like, right yeah but Arteta gave him a confidence. good point well I yeah, mean that's it's, I, I I'm glad some of you guys are, are do think that they could potentially challenge but you know when when we really find out how everyone feels is when we do our table predictions, and it's really scary not putting City in the one spot. You realize how scary it is when you actually go to write it down. You're like, oh fuck, there's no way City <laughs> are definitely going to win mistake. this again. Like, <laughs> I'm not going to bet against City until I see the trophy pride out of their cold dead fingers. Yeah, because that's that's when you'll know. Um, speaking of cold dead fingers. Chelsea. I don't know. I that was a weird segue. I, now that I'm now that I'm repeating that back, I have no actual segue here. But Chelsea have uh, been making some pretty sus signings. I'll just say it exactly how Connor wrote it in his notebook earlier when we went through our little game plan here. Uh, I would say kudos, good business, way to uh, replenish what you uh, what you tried to to roost. But man, that's sort of strange. The amount of money that they're making off selling to these clubs. How do you guys feel about this? That's uh, shitty, but I mean, it's kind it's of football. football. Didn't yeah, it, it was you that heard the like conspiracy theory? Well, of, because like, there's links between Chelsea and the Saudi League in the consortium that Bowley's in. Like, there's a link between the owners. Of, like, so there was like a weird thing. Are they like just like? Is there like a weird like back room like deal? Like, it was like a weird theory like that. Yeah, because like no, what other team has sold that many players to the Saudi League? No one and bought that many players at such an outrageous price. You were and sa- got that wasn't, money. Wasn't it part of it that like Bowley had because of those backroom meetings that could have potentially happened? That Bowley knew that those players already kind of had their suitor, so he was free to purchase a lot more players. Yeah, and yeah. Spend like more. he knew he knew like they like he knew they would spend this much this year, so that he would he would, he was going to spend he all this recoup. money, and then he knew that they would buy it if they wanted to. That's kind of supposedly sauce. that's the thing. That's a conspiracy. Yeah, that's yeah. the conspiracy. But I either mean, way, it's still very weird that they've sold seven. Like, what's four or five? Uh, no, three. No, Kulabali, Mendy, Conte, Conte. Well, Conte's a free, but um, has Ziyech left yet? No, he's because they went through his failed medical failed last minute failed on his it. knee. His medical. Failed. Um, Jeez. I mean, okay, so I I can't think of a better match made in heaven. Right now, for this situation, Chelsea are a team that desperately need money and to sell players. And the Saudi League teams seem to have endless money and they need big names to make their league more legitimate. So it's like both sides reap impeccable benefits from this. And on top of that, the players, too. A player might not necessarily be playing that well or have that much worth anymore in terms of high level top five football. Yeah, he can go find a fat paycheck for his family, put his great, great, great grandkids through college. I mean, I, all very legitimate. We've talked about this many, many times, but 
I don't know. It's like City gets a bad rap for being these financial goblins who break all the rules behind the scenes. But is this something that five or ten years from from now will look back and and, all of a sudden Chelsea are under financial sanction investigations for their for their summer window where they sold five players for eighty seven thousand billion dollars? Like, it feels like that's just what it is in the making to me when I look at it. After what happened with City, nothing surprised me. After what I mean, nothing surprised me with football and money. It's a corrupt. It's very it's it's business. Everyone knows each other. There's deals that are done behind closed doors. It's just the way of business, and especially in football. Not to, not to be the geezer of the bunch, but even if it isn't geezer, even if it isn't geezer. illegal, does it take away from the integrity of the business of football and the game if teams know that they can just offload? There is no integrity in football. Player. There is no integrity of business in football at yeah, that level. I believe there is. Some. I don't think there is. I think it's very hard to find nowadays, like in this game that we're in, maybe five years ago. I think in this game that we're in, it's not surprising to me. Especially with the like, it's more coming of like the agents, like the Minos, like God rest his soul. Um, you know, <laughs> it's, I think like we read on, for like for BCO's tweets, we read like 20 mil and add-ons and package and we're just like, Oh yeah, that's awesome. And then we're like, well, no one knows what package means. Like true. there what? is no, I don't think there's just no integrity. I, I, I think, think there's, yeah. I think there's local integrity in yeah. that if uh, a national league club is going under a guy like Harry Kane will buy their shirt sponsor for a season to like keep them afloat or, Luton Town getting promoted to the Premier League next season. They're going to get a bunch of new funds injected from the Premier League so that they can be the look great on TV and get a bunch of people to fill out the seats. But when it comes to big-time football, no, Andrew, I agree. There is zero integrity. I mean, I've said this now maybe three episodes in a row. We're going to see Saudi League teams in Champions League in five, year, five years, maybe less. I, I wouldn't even Look at the Super League. Less. Look at the, like what the Super, Super League. League was so there's no there's no care for the fans or for what football was from a historic level, and like you said, Tristan, yeah, at the minor level, at the, not the minor level, but the lower level of professional football and even the prem, there is a bit there's way more integrity and there's way more like thought into what business is and how they go about it. So, I support the Super League because Florentino made it. All hail. Yeah, but I don't don't even like having there being a recording of you saying that, honestly. Uh, It's bad for ratings. Brainwash. Sorry. Might have to exit. I I don't know. This is my like crazy, crazy, crazy selfish way of thinking about it is I I like Jesse Lingard a lot. I'll just start by saying that I rate him as a player and as a person from what I've seen. Never met him personally, obviously. But. He's somebody that clearly just is not having a great go of it in the Premier League anymore. It's not working out at Nottingham Forest. I want him to make headlines for his football playing, and if going to make a move like this can help research his career and also maybe just make, again, like just shift it, move on from the Premier League because it's not, I don't think it's totally working out for him in terms of, of his actual gameplay. So, again, if it's a home for guys to make good move, genuine good moves, and they can keep playing and keep producing at a high level, then I think that's kind of cool, you know. But past that, you're right. It's pretty It's pretty dirty money, obviously. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Well, we'll see about that. Maybe we'll check back in five to ten years from now and see where Chelsea are at with these, uh, with these sanctions. But very exciting. The Women's World Cup is rapidly approaching just a few weeks now. July 21st going to kick off. We were saying before we started the USA get Vietnam. Man, that's a tough draw for Vietnam. 
opening up the cup against yeah, yeah it's kind against of the red, white, and blue. It's number so. one, yeah. That is wild. It is. Uh, we will be tuning in, though. I mean, I'm I'm really eager to see USA have to be the favorites once again. Correct? Yeah, I, I'm I'm really looking forward to watching USA England. I'm, I think that's like, and I'm also looking forward to, um, the you know the atmosphere of the U.S. when we're competing in, you know, and like the Olympics, even the World Cup in November. Like I went to a bar and. Like it was packed with people that I knew from high school that never watched the game, but they were there to watch the USA play England. And I think that'll be the same thing this go around this summer with the with the women's team. So those are two things I'm pumped to uh, to watch, like the atmosphere of the US, and as well as like you know the matchup against England. Well, it's cool because at least well, actually with, they won't. They might not even. They probably will play. They might not play each other until the final. But that's my well, point. Well, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like with the women's World Cup, you can count on U.S. and England playing, and it's going to be like in a playoff game, like a knockout yeah. game or a final. But with with when the men's World Cup comes around, it's kind of like like speaking of integrity, which we just spent a while talking about. I wish that we could kind of throw integrity out the window and always have England and USA in the same group because we can't ever count on running into them. Or even ourselves, you know, in terms of the World Cup standings and how they end up. So that game we played them, it was kind of a like maybe a little bit disappointing in the end for both sides, but it was so much fun. You're right, watching those two teams play each other. So at least with the Women's World Cup, you can like kind of count on it a little bit more. But that's going to be a noisy one. That's going to be noisy. The English women have had quite the uh, quite the year. A few of those girls are really popping off right now. Yeah, I'm excited. England is the team I'll probably watch a lot because I know the most of them. I hate to say that and sound well, like a lot a, of them are injured, but a lot I'm of them sure. are. Injured. One a of them lot just of the like US gotta... women are injured, aren't yeah. they? Yeah. So I think that's going to be a big leveler of the playing field. Is a lot of star players are injured for the likes of England for the United States. So it could be because I think England's two of their captains are hurt. I'm pretty sure. Um, Georgia is Georgia Stanway one of them because she's a f- baller. I, I don't. I don't know. I think Leah Williams was it Williamson? Yeah, Leah uh, Williamson's she's hurt. hurt. Um, Beth Mead might be hurt. Beth Mead's a striker, I believe. Yeah, damn. And then a couple of the United States players also went down with injuries. So, I think. I mean, I think it's going to be some fireworks from underdog teams in this World Cup as far as taking the stage. Also, the venue it's in Australia and New Zealand, I guess. Um, so, and New Zealand, yeah. I'm pretty sure like it's like in. I don't. Well, they're like really good. If you're standing on Australia, you could hit New Zealand with a baseball, I believe, uh, is what I've heard. Yeah, they're very close to one another. But then you you always have Japan, who is phenomenal at a World Cup. Marta is going to her sixth World Cup. Like, there's a lot of exciting (laughs) things happening. Women have a lot of longevity in the international because I feel like Alex Morgan, like Megan Rapinoe, have been playing in like 90 World Cup. Megan Rapinoe played forever. She did, yeah. I think Alex Morgan's still like in her early 30s. Or she never yeah, she broke onto the scene. I know, young. but like, think of like when we when we yeah, hear a she, when we hear a man over the age of thirty going to the World Cup, we're like, oh man, the old geezer's <laughs> making his way to yeah, yeah, it's <laughs> true. Guitar this year, well, they're gonna bring him out in a wheelchair <laughs> yeah, at halftime, yeah, yeah. boys. But yeah, yeah it should really be exciting. Men's players through I the mud. I think that's a good point. Well, the women play Vietnam, they play Netherlands, and they play Portugal. Portugal has to be a, a good team, right? You think? I don't know because like in Pat like before like in a men's side again Portugal before Cristiano was like terrible at international yeah, like, like the way the they're inter- yeah internationally they were awful. I would be so, like, oh wait the like- Netherlands women are good right? I could see that for sure. Yeah, I think they have uh, 
think they have a few pretty uh, pretty outstanding players. Matt, Matt actually might be a tough group. We definitely got it. Yep. Lieka Martins. Yeah, she's an all-star. Is, she's that star. The Ars- she, is that the Arsenal girl? She she played for Barcelona for a little while, but maybe she made a move at some point. But she can she can ball. Because they actually got to the final last Women's World Cup, I think, didn't they? That's awesome. I believe Netherlands did make it to the final, but... Either way, uh, looking forward to it. We will definitely be providing some coverage, hopefully doing a live watch or so. They get to the final. We definitely got to live watch that. That'll be crazy. 100%. 100%. That'd be crazy. Well, Andrew, that's take one, it away. That's 174. Friend. Good night, everybody. Thanks for joining the Howlers podcast. Comment your thoughts on this episode on all of our social media platforms. Till next time. 